now I am going to talk to you a little bit about a Bible character. Before I do that, if you are under the age of 18, um, the pieces of paper and the pens there, Sharon, you can give them to somebody else to distribute, seeing as you've already helped me out so much. Um, then put your hand up because we are going to play Sermon Lingo Bingo, okay? So on this piece of paper are some uh, words written that I want you to tick off if you hear me say them during the course of my talk. Right. First of all, I want you to just turn over the piece of paper because I wasn't supposed to give them to you yet. Because it ruins the beginning of the talk. But anyway, um, right. Let me see if, we, if we've got the uh, slides up. John? So we are, as I said, we're talking about biblical characters at the moment on our church uh, journey, and we're talking about ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Now, some of the people that we're looking at in the Bible, uh, children, I know you've been looking at some Bible characters, and some of them have done amazing things. Am I right? Some of them have done just remarkable things. And you and me might look at ourselves in the mirror, and we might say, well, that's all right for them. They're a Bible hero. But what about me? Why would God choose me? But actually, every time we look at one of those stories, the Bible is basically saying to us, why not? Why wouldn't it be you? Why? Because all of those people, all of those Bible heroes are ordinary people, but they've got an extraordinary God. Can you say extraordinary God? And they've got an extraordinary God. Right, now, without looking at your piece of paper, this is the only clue today that I'm going to give you alongside the jumper that I've chosen to wear this morning. Ooh, now this is a person from the New Testament, and it's got a very special place in my family. Now, who can guess who this might be? Go on then. It's Lydia. We're going to talk about Lydia this morning. And to give her the full title, as you'll often see it in books, it's Lydia of Thyatira. So now you can look at your piece of paper and you'll see that there's lots of words. In fact, there's 20 words on that piece of paper. And if you are the first person to fill all of those slots and cross all those names off, all those words off at the end, there will be a little prize. If for any reason I fail to say any of these words, then I'll have the prize. No, then, then, then we'll have to see who's got the most names, the most of the words crossed off. This is me having a go at something. Let's see how it goes. All right. You may start now. We're going to begin in the Acts 16, which is the only passage where we hear about this Bible character, and we're going to read these words together. If you can see them clearly enough and you're able to read these words, we like to read out loud. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. 
She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. All right, let me tell you a little bit of where this story comes in the Bible and why it's happening. So we're in the New Testament. Jesus has fulfilled his earthly ministry. He's died and he's risen again. He has um, ascended to heaven. And we had the amazing uh, experience that we had called the, the Day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church and uh, enables the church to begin. And from that point, the apostles and the disciples and the followers of Jesus started to share the good news of Jesus, um, starting in Jerusalem and then going further and further and sharing the message of Jesus. And one man who becomes a convert from Judaism to Christianity is a, ne- is a man called Saul, and his name becomes Paul. Uh, and, and he goes on some missionary journeys, okay? So he goes... Uh, remember, this is the days before aeroplanes, so he only had boats and, uh, and animals and feet to use to get to anywhere. Um, and uh, Paul and his missionary companions, they go on some missionary journeys, and they're on one of those missionary journeys at the moment. So Paul and his companions had been prevented. God had actually said, you cannot go back to Asia. You can't go there. They, they were from... a where we would describe as Asia Minor, so that's the part of the world where they're in. But God said they couldn't go to the main part of Asia. And then Paul had a vision, and he saw a man from Macedonia, which is a region of what we would now uh, think of as Greece, begging for help. So he believed that that was God telling him, go to Macedonia and begin to share the gospel. What was interesting about that was what we would now understand as Europe, that was the first time somebody had gone with the message of Jesus and brought it to Europe. So he had to go across the sea, they had to set sail, and so they got in their boat and they came to uh, um, Europe, and then just within the first few days, they, they, they wound up in a place called Philippi. Now, does anybody know why we might have heard of Philippi. Can you think of a Bible book, children, that might sound a bit like Philippi? Philippi. Does that sound like the start of any Bible books to you? No? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Philippians. This is where we get the Bible book Philippians from because they were in that place called Philippi. So they set sail for there, and they begin to preach the good news of Jesus. I don't know if it looked exactly like this, but this is an artist's impression of Paul preaching the good news of Jesus to some ladies by the lake. And that's the, their biblical impression of what happened. And one of those ladies was Lydia, and Lydia was from a place called Thyatira. So Thyatira wasn't in Macedonia. Thyatira was in an ancient kingdom in, in western Turkey that was called Lydia. So the kingdom that she came from was called Lydia, uh, and it's formerly where some people called the Hittites had reigned. Have you ever heard of the Hittites? They don't sound like a very nice people to me. The Hittites. They had reigned there previously, but now it was reigned by the, the, the Lydian dynasty, the Lydian kingdom. 
And she'd taken her name from that region and had taken her trade to Greece. So one of the first things that we find out about Lydia, which is interesting because it's not very common in Bible times uh, in Jerusalem where the, where, where the message of Jesus started from, was this. Lydia was a notable tradeswoman and a business owner. So she was well known as a trader of purple linen or purple cloth, purple uh, uh, and what's something that was very special about purple is that it, it signified royalty. So it was like the royal, it was like the regal color to be seen wearing. And it's possible, uh, most of the um, indigo from that time, which is the sort of purpley color, was created from a certain snail secretion. Ugh, right? Yucky, but it's possible, more likely, that for Lydia it was made using the madder root, which was something that of the region where she came from. Um, and she had seemingly made quite a success of her business because she was known for it, and she was a homeowner, and she had a household. We read that her whole household was baptized. So she uh, had made a success of her trade. But something that's way more important than being somebody who's a successful business person, somebody who's a successful trade person, somebody who's really uh, got lots of money and succeeded and owned a home. There's something that's really, really important, that's more important than that, that we find out about Lydia Next. Can anybody remember what it was that we found out about Lydia Next? I just gave a sneak preview. Lydia was a worshipper of God. This might have mean, we, we don't know exactly what this means, and different, there's different theories about what it means. It might have meant that she had converted to the Jewish faith. The region where she came from wasn't a Jewish region, but she may have come uh, to Macedonia, and she may have met uh, and understood something of, of the Jewish community that she'd encountered there. And so she decided that she was going to worship Yahweh, the Jewish God. It could have mean, meant that she came from an exiled Jewish family, so a family that had been from Jerusalem, had been exiled to a different country, but she decided to carry on worshipping God. Or it might mean that she was aware of a God, because the word for God in this passage is kind of a general word for God. It doesn't signify Jesus himself, it doesn't signify Yahweh himself, it's a general word for God. So it could have meant that she was aware that there was a God, and she was uh, somebody who desired and uh, revered God. So she was a God-fearing person, what we would call a God-fearing person, yeah? That's one of the things it could mean. But the bottom line was that we find out here she was a worshipper. And we want to be people who are worshippers, who worship God. Next thing we find out is that she had her heart opened to the message of Jesus. There is always something new and more that we can learn about God. And if we ever think we've made it and we've learned everything and we've, we've really got there, then we're in trouble because there's always more to learn. So we need to always pray for a heart that's open to what God is saying. Amen? And we need to be praying for others to have hearts that are open too. And we, we see that Lydia had her heart opened up and we want to have our hearts opened up to God. Then, the next thing, what happens next in the story is that Paul and Silas, who are some of these missionaries, they, they, they do something which looks like you would think it was a good thing. Because they deliver a demon-possessed girl. They deliver her and get rid of the demons. 
But because that demon-possessed girl was actually being abused and used by other people to make money, they get really angry with Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas end up in prison. Uh, And the story goes on, and they wonderfully uh, find their way out of prison. And after they come out of prison, we're still in Acts 16, but this is the next time we hear about Lydia. It says this. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So the next really important thing we find out about Lydia is this. Lydia was generous with what she had been blessed with, despite the risk that it placed upon her. Associating with Paul and Silas, who'd been in prison, uh, and with this, this group of people who were sharing a new message was a bit risky, but she was still willing to open her home, and she uh, became an important part of establishing the Church of God in Europe. Lydia was the first host of the church in Europe, it would seem, from what we know and from what we can read here. She was certainly vital in establishing God's church here. She was an influential leader, business and church-wise in Philippi. And Paul and Silas had been imprisoned, but Lydia wasn't put off. And this is uh, what we can say about Lydia. Because of Lydia's open heart and her open home, the church in Philippi was established. And as we mentioned earlier, there was a book, a, a letter that was written to the church in Philippi some years later by the apostle Paul, who had met Lydia on this occasion. And one of the things that Paul says, which is a famous Bible passage in Philippians 4 and 19 is this. And let's read this together if you can see it. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I believe that Paul had seen some of that provision and that goodness of God in Philippi through Lydia. And I believe that we also can be people that serve God, that are generous, and that use what he has to bless others. So, this is what I want to finish by saying. God does choose you to do amazing things for him. And it might not look like some of the things that we see that are remarkable in the Bible. It might not be like killing a giant or splitting the sea. But God will do amazing things in you. So do not rule yourself out. Because you're different to the norm. Lydia wasn't the expected person that might be used by God here. Don't be frightened to stand up for Jesus. Don't be tight with the resources and the possessions that God has given you. And from Lydia we can learn this. Do be a worshipper of God. Do have an open heart and mind to discovering more of who Jesus really is. And do be generous and hospitable with what he has given to you. So we're going to finish by praying. How close are we to filling in our sheets? Oh, 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 oh. One, one, two, let me see. Let me, let me see. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. You see, Lydia was, uh, Lydia was very blessed and she was very faithful with what she'd been blessed with. <laughs> Bingo! Oh, we got, oh, no. Oh, no. I tell you what, sit down, sit, 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 sit down, sit down. There will be a munchie for everybody who was doing the lingo bingo. Okay, we're going to pray now, okay, we're going to pray.
So let's just close our eyes just so that we can focus and just so we can hear from God. Lord Jesus, please open our hearts to know you more. Amen. Lord Jesus, please help us to be generous with everything you have given to us. Amen. Lord, we want to be who you've called us to be. So we do ask for your blessing, but Lord, not so that we can keep it all to ourselves, but so that we can share it and be who you want us to be. Amen. Amen.